Welcome to this talk about the five elements and the Tibetan teachings on the wisdom they contain. The elements are earth, water, fire, air, and space. And when they're in balance in our body, energy, and mind, we can live happier, healthier lives. If you'd like more free resources on the elements, please find the link in the info box below to get teachings on all five elements organized into an email series. Plus, you'll be notified of future live teachings. This talk was recorded live on Insight Timer and only lightly edited, so you'll hear me respond to questions and comments. You'll find links below to the resources that I mention in the talk. I hope you enjoy learning about the elements and how to balance them for a more satisfying life. The water element, I think in the Western imagination, there's often kind of this contrast between water and land. So land is like this kind of hard, firm element that's associated with like our rational thought and water is more associated with intuition, feelings, stuff like that. So I just want to say that's not exactly the case in Tibetan Buddhism. But one thing I find interesting that kind of connects the, the Western way of looking at water and this Tibetan model that I'm talking about is actually the fact that emotions are important for both understandings of water. So I just want to say that first in case you're bringing um, the Western associations with this element into this talk. Just know that this is kind of a different way of looking at it. So if that's not what water is about, what is it about in the Tibetan system of the elements? I'm saying Tibetan because um, <laughs> those who have come to the previous uh, session on the earth element have heard me talk about this book, Healing with Form, Energy, and Light. It is by um, Denzel Wangil Rinpoche, one of the great teachers of our generation in the Bun lineage, which is um, a very ancient pre-Buddhist uh, lineage of Tibet. Jimmy asks, does water influence anxiety? That's a really interesting question. Um, actually, yes. And I'll get to this later, but the Tibetan understanding of water is that it's about ease and flow and enjoyment and contentment. So, I believe anxiety is specifically mentioned in this section on water that I'm kind of basing this, this talk on. Um, that if we don't have a strong enough water element going on in our life and in our practice, it's easy not to feel contented and then we end up kind of running after the next thing and the next thing. So I'll get to that later, put it in a little bit more context. But yeah, water is definitely related with sort of the cause of anxiety in this system. So the, the elements of water or the, the qualities of water as described in, yeah, Elsa's West may be unconscious and drowning, exactly. So water as described in the Tibetan system of the elements, oh, Pauline asked the book name again, please. I'm gonna type it in chat, it is, Healing with Form, Energy, and Light. It's by Tenzin Wangel Rinpoche. Um, there you go. It's a really good book. It has a lot, a lot more information than I can really include in these little talks. Um, it's also just a good place to get started if you're interested. So welcome, Pauline. Thanks for that question. 
So the basic quality of water in the Tibetan understanding of it um, is that water is connected with comfort and ease and a sense of emotional connection. Um, in the book, Tenzin Wangil Rinpoche doesn't make that emotional connection piece as clear, but in retreats with my teachers, Anne Klein and Harvey Aronson at Don Mountain, they have made it more clear that the water element is the element that kind of connects us all. Like if you think about being underwater, sound travels more quickly because the medium is denser than air. You just feel more connected underwater. Anytime somebody, if you're like in the bathtub uh, with someone else, so I guess mostly this would be as a little kid, anytime somebody kind of swishes the water around, it affects everyone in that body of water. So it's very much about connection. Um, so when, you're, when your water element is like strong and healthy and balanced, then wherever you are, there's a sense of ease, there's a sense of comfort that's available to you in your meditation practice, but now I'm talking mostly about daily life. So you're able to take in the pleasure of the little things. You're able to feel and express joy. And that is really wonderful. <laughs> and I think, you know, last time I talked about the earth element and the, the feeling of comfort that's associated with that, the feeling of stability, settledness. And with the earth element, an, an interesting distinction that Denzel Wangirl and Pache makes is you can feel rooted, but without that water element being involved, that groundedness, that rootedness, that, that sense of just being where you are, it can, it can lack joy, it can lack liveliness. So the water element is where that kind of appreciation and contentment in your situation comes from. So that's a balanced water element. I think, I think in our culture, we're also a little bit deficient in that balanced relationship with water because in my experience anyway, I feel like we get a lot of cultural messages that if you do X, then your life will be good. If you do Y, if you accomplish Z, then you'll finally be like, you'll finally have earned that feeling of comfort and belonging that water just naturally offers us. And lots of people make lots of money off of the rest of us not feeling like we belong, not feeling like we've arrived. So there's a very powerful incentive to kind of drain that water element out of at least a lot of online culture. You know, you scroll through Instagram and it's enough to, to like just scrolling through Instagram is already enough to kind of give you a sense of FOMO, fear of missing out, look what else is better than what I'm doing. If I were only here, my life would be better than it is, all of which is like a deficient water element kind of response. But on top of that, there's also ads. So something I was kind of interested in, I made the mistake of clicking on this and now the ads are following me all over the internet, but it's a, a posture tracker to help you just like sit up straight because I spend so much time at the computer doing this. And so every time I'm scrolling through Instagram and that pops up in my feed, this ad for this, you know, posture tracker, it makes me think like, oh no, I'm just failing all day long as it is to have proper posture. Maybe I need this thing. If I spend like X number of dollars, then I'll finally have the right posture. 
So it's just a small example of the ways that our water can kind of get sucked out of us if we're exposed to ads and comparing ourselves to other people and stuff like that. So that's kind of one form of an unbalanced water energy, just not feeling that comfort, not ever quite able to feel the ease, you know, life just feels hard. The other form of unbalanced water, so what I just described is like a water deficiency, too little water energy in our lives, too much water energy, and we're able to kind of feel comfortable even when we should take action. Um, Again, I personally have definitely been guilty of this in many, many ways, many occasions. I remember one time in college, I'm not even sure why I did this. I was kind of a bad citizen, but like I didn't re renew my car's registration on time. And at first I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to do this. But I was super busy. You know, I was an undergrad at Rice. We we're a bunch of like workaholic nerds there, or at least that's, that's what the culture was back in my day. That was my culture. I can't blame it on someone else. But then after like the first month, maybe I stopped feeling like, oh my God, I have to fix this. And then I was like, well, I just, I wonder how long I can get away with driving with an expired registration before I get caught. To me, that is a pr perfect example of sliding into too much water element. Like there's a situation that I needed to fix. You know, the, the fees that I pay for updating my registration help pay for roads and, you know, all the infrastructure that I enjoy as a driver. So that's, that's too much water element in the sense of, you know, that comfort, that ease, that, that, that flow of life. Logan says, man, that's me. Yeah, I think a lot of us, I think for me, water is a really difficult element to get balanced. Um, Sylvia says, that was me and my younger brother. Yeah, I think it's, it's just very relatable. Um, there's also this element of connection. So I, I find it interesting that the water element is described both in terms of comfort, ease, flow, but also a sense of emotional connection. Sylvia says, I've had to fight to not be so dependent on my parents. Yeah, exactly. It, it can feel like, like the ease that comes from too much water element can feel like things are just taking care of themselves. But usually it's just that someone else is picking up the pieces or that something important is going undone. So I just, I just want to say before I kind of move on to other aspects of the water element, <clears throat> in terms of connecting to other people, and I think this is especially resonant for me in these COVID times when in-person connections for a lot of people in a lot of places have become more difficult. If we don't have those emotional connections to other people, life can feel arid, dry. It's hard to have that sense of like richness and fullness and comfort if we're kind of not getting our like recommended daily allowance amount of, of time with people and not just time, but like real sharing and, and having at least some people in our lives with whom we're intimate and we're vulnerable. So, so that's like a sense of emotional dryness. Keith says, definitely. Yeah, I think you know, for a lot of us, it's, it's even more challenging right now. Um, I live in Quebec and we 
have been kind of in a lockdown. So we're actually not like allowed to have anyone over, like no one right now. Um, on Monday, gatherings of up to four from two households will be allowed. So it's just been really difficult to have that in-person connection. Um, and, you know, intentionally cultivating that water element by cultivating relationships, even if they're not in person or, you know, setting aside some time just to have a conversation with a friend, to randomly call an old friend you haven't talked to in a while. All of that stuff can, can kind of help to restore that water element. Um, <clears throat> Sylvia says, my brother and I grew up with a huge lack of contentment and connection with life and others. Yeah. I think that's speaking for myself. This, this element of like connecting with other people, finding the right amount of connection without getting overwhelmed. It's really, for me, it's been a lifelong balancing act. <clears throat> and I think I'm not alone in that. Sylvia says, this is very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I, I hope it can be kind of food for thought and also maybe um, offer some ideas for specific ways to enrich this element in our lives. So I just mentioned not enough connection, emotionally speaking, in our lives. The opposite of that would be too much connection. So um, who was it who mentioned? Yeah, Elle mentioned West may be unconscious and drowning. So that sense of drowning, that sense of like being overwhelmed with other people's emotions and other people's stuff. I, I'm not sure how I can manage to do this, but I feel like I have both too little water and also too much water because I have that sense a lot. I think those of us who are highly sensitive or who are, you know, I think empath gets used in pretty much the same way as highly sensitive. Um, if you're just very connected with other people, it can also be kind of an overwhelming experience where you're it's like instead of having kind of a firm boundary or knowing where your edges are because of that connection, there are no edges. So other people's stuff can kind of flow into your life and flow into your mind. And that also, it's hard to feel contentment, that balanced water quality, if you're always feeling like there's too much, too much, too much. So... Obviously, there's a lot that, that could be said about boundaries and, you know, having your own time to kind of be away, be alone, be in nature, whatever it takes for you to kind of have that sense of your own boundaries again and to recharge. Um, but that's, it's something that I think is very connected with the water element. And that again, having having a sense of your own center, really even bringing in the earth element to kind of help balance out this, this overly watery sense of just whoo, getting, you know, overwhelmed, swept away. There's a tidal wave of, you know, emotions or feelings going on sometimes. Having a little bit of that grounding and finding a, a more solid ground to stand on, knowing, okay, this is the edge of me. These are the boundaries around what I want to let into my life and what I don't can also be really helpful, I think. Sylvia says, yes, sounds very familiar. People have mostly been such an energy drain and irritation for me until the last few years of my life. Yes, I totally relate. 
Um, so I just, I just want to, I want to bring this out again to the larger context of trying to balance out all five of these elements. So I just mentioned kind of bringing in some earth element to counterbalance water. Obviously, I haven't talked about the other elements yet, so I can't necessarily talk about bringing them in to counterbalance this. Um, maybe we can have a session at the end of this series on the elements just to talk about um, ways to try to notice deficiencies and, and counterbalance them and, and try to bring everything into a little bit more balance. But anyway... Um, that, that element of connection, I think, is so important to feeling contented, to feeling that sense of flow and that sense of ease. And I think as we, as we talk about the water element, as we talk about how to cultivate it, what it does for us in meditation, I just want to say personally, um, I find this image of water really helpful, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed, because just... Just having that sense of, oh, this is a water element moment, it can help remind me, okay, maybe I need some boundaries. Um, maybe I need to change what I'm doing in my life or to, you know, bring in one of the other elements um, to help work with a situation that can be overwhelming. And I think right now, again, I, I feel like I keep coming back to the <laughs> COVID pandemic, but I, I think you know, if you're, if usually you would process stuff like emotions or situations or anything that comes up in a relationship that's difficult by, you know, travel or going to the gym, working it off, stuff like that. And those options are not available. I think a lot of us just end up with more stuff right now that we haven't processed. So this is like a PSA for, for trying to find the ways for you to help regulate your level of water energy. So having said that, I want to talk about a couple of ways to, to kind of balance out your water energy using the nature around us. And the Tibetan description of the elements, it talks about the entire planet, all of existence really is made up of these five elements. So they're physical elements. What we've been talking about is more energetic and mental, like that aspect of the elements. But really in a Tibetan view of the world, we are made of the same stuff as the world around us. So when you go for a walk beside a river, for instance, that, that water has its own energy and just being near it and appreciating it and taking in that energy can help to balance out our own water energy. So I'll just throw it out. If you feel like experimenting with this, um, I'm curious to hear what happens in our next call. But if, for instance, you notice that you're having like a water element issue, you're feeling overwhelmed, See what happens if you take that feeling and go to a river, go to a lake, go to the ocean if, if that's nearby for you, or just soak in the bathtub. <laughs> you know, make your physical connection with the water element and notice what happens. I'm not going to say this is like a magical cure for anything, but I found it really interesting and there is something also, somebody mentioned this in chat, um, 
right at the beginning of this call, there's something really powerful about our body's connection with water. If you've ever, you know, soaked in a bath or soaked in a hot tub or floated in the ocean, you know, it can be really rejuvenating. And especially, you know, I'm thinking of times when I've gone to the beach and maybe just floated out past the shore a bit and, and floated in the water and you feel those waves moving you, but they don't, they don't crash over you. You know, it's just this sense of being connected with this ocean. In my case, this is the ocean at Galveston near Houston, Texas. And, you know, you don't have to imagine that much um, to think of all the places that ocean touches. And it's a straight shot from, you know, little Galveston, Texas across the ocean to Africa or Europe. I mean, it connects the whole world. Pauline says, or going under a waterfall. Yes. Another great example. There's a lot of um, waterfall meditations that people do in Japan. Even taking a shower. If you're not one for baths, you're probably taking showers instead. See what happens if you just give yourself 30 extra seconds to appreciate and take in that flow of water. Sylvia says, I've had some very emotional moments while allowing water to flow over my hands. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. And Logan says, I've actually experienced once as I walked by a river while overstressed and kind of calmed down watching the river flow down. Yeah, exactly. There's a very um, old metaphor for the mind that watching your mind in meditation is kind of like watching a river. There might be leaves or ducks or whatever's on the river, but it all kind of flows along. So there's something about that sense of flow in the water element that is, I think, really at the core of our experience as just living beings. You know, that that time flows, that experience flows, that we can release into this experience of being part of reality. Key says, yes, Logan, I always head for a river when I'm stressed. Yeah, yeah, there's just something very naturally soothing about that. Pauline says, the energy of GTHA strength and depths of water, very changing qualities of water, power, ever dynamic. I don't know what GTHA means, um, but... Yeah, the, the water, physical water, Pauline says, sorry, the waterfall. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and, you know, a waterfall is such a traditional image, too, of purification, of cleansing, of um, allowing in something fresh and allowing it to wash out the old. So anyway... Those are some ideas for noticing and allowing some connection with the water element in daily life. I want to talk next about the water element in meditation. So I've already mentioned that water is connected with joy, with contentment, with just that feeling of enjoying what you're doing. So the first thing to know about the water element and meditation practice and I would say this is true of an individual practice session, or it's also true of like your, your meditative life in an ongoing way, your practice as a, as a multi-month or multi-year, multi-decade thing. Joski says, love the rain. Yes, 
yeah, it's such a great way to experience the water element. So if in a given meditation session or throughout the, the course of our practice life, if that water element of contentment and joy in the practice is missing, it's way more difficult to stay motivated, stay consistent, keep meditating. I, I think sometimes, you know, the upside, Pauline says, streams, rivers, oceans, lakes, so revealing. Yes, yes, water is what connects us all. Sometimes, you know, I, I think the upside of mindfulness becoming such a big um, buzzword right now, everybody's trying to do some mindfulness meditation. The upside is lots more people are exposed to meditation and it has a lot of benefits. But one of the downsides can be that it becomes one more thing to do on the checklist. So, you know, did I exercise today? Did I eat right? Did I meditate? You know, and it can feel like meditation is this thing that we're obligated to do. So I would just say, if meditation is feeling that way for you, maybe mix it up. Notice what different types of meditations um, feed that sense of, of loving the practice, of connecting with reality. Um, Denzel Wangyal Rinpoche writes that uh, the water element is connected with meditations that are about the heart. So about loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. And there's so many practices like that. Even just here on Insight Timer, you know, you can explore loving kindness meditations or compassion meditations and just find thousands of matches. So maybe see what feels good to you. Um, try something different. You can take music as, as your object of meditation. So if you've never tried it before, you could take a music track here on Insight Timer or wherever and, and use the flow of the music as your object of meditation. I mean, if you want flow, like music is flow. It, the notes by themselves wouldn't be anything. So if you're cultivating that sense of, of ease and that water element sense of flow, I think listening to music or even meditating on music can be a great way to do that. Again, you know, as Denzel Wangarambachi says, really any kind of meditation on um, compassion or those heart-centered meditations. I'll also just say self-compassion meditations. I think sometimes we feel selfish or, you know, it just feels weird or awkward if we're doing a compassion meditation for ourselves. But I think that's a wonderful way to nurture that water element and to, to connect with a sense of well-being and ease and joy. So that's one, one set of ideas around um, nurturing that water element in meditation. <clears throat> So basically, I feel like the, the thing I most want to say about the water element and meditation is that when it's balanced, when it's strong and healthy, it can be like, like the river that just carries your meditation practice along. So we can relax into it, allow it to work on us. There's also really, at least in Tibetan Buddhism, and I think in a lot of forms of Buddhism, there's a real sense of blessings. 
that when you do this practice, even when you do something as simple as like reciting the Tara mantra, Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha, or, or doing mindfulness meditation, which was taught by the Buddha, when you do those kinds of practice, it's like there's a whole river of blessings and support coming to us down through the ages, through like everybody who's ever done those practices. And th this is something else that Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche mentions in the book, that, that those open-hearted practices where you're cultivating what I would call devotion, um, sometimes the Tibetan word depa is translated like faith or something or confidence, but it's like this open-hearted devotion. And for me, it's been really a turning point in my practice to try to open to that and allow it to kind of carry me along instead of feeling like I'm this little person in my little room all by myself sitting down to do some practice. Who cares if it goes well? There's no one here to help me. Maybe I have a guided meditation on my phone. So it's like I have some virtual help, but it just feels like I'm alone. And one of the things that my advisor and my Lama and Klein of Don Mountain has written about in a, her book, Meeting the Great Bliss Queen, is that in old Tibet, no one thought they practiced alone. Like you would get these meditators sitting in caves for like months or years or decades, but they never thought of themselves as disconnected from the lineage, from, you know, Dakas and Dakinis and Dharma protectors, all these sort of non-physical enlightened beings who in the Tibetan Buddhist imagination are all there supporting our practice. So Anne writes that sometimes a meditator sitting with other people in a Sangha in the West can feel more isolated than this, you know, yogi sitting in a cave in Tibet somewhere with no other humans around, maybe for miles. So I think that's really, it's something to know. It's something to keep in mind as we practice, as you practice, as I practice, that, that there is a flow and that as we learn to feel that flow of blessings in our practice, it's really... It's really powerful to be able to, to sometimes just let that carry us along. You know, maybe you're sitting in meditation and for the first 10 minutes, your mind is just bouncing everywhere. And then you have a moment of just ease and peace and calmness. That's a huge blessing. It's a huge, you know, water moment. Can you notice and appreciate that water moment? Thanks for listening to this teaching on the elements please take a moment to sign up for the free email course to get the teachings from this series, invitations to live events, and more.